Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford. There's more issues than the travel. I said I just can't do it. Games go on and you don't get a goal. Start to have little questions in the back of your mind. Welcome back to the latest edition this Saturday the 17th of October. After a tough week for all of us, local action returns this weekend and we'll be chatting to those at the heart of it. So join me, Kevin Galvin, on this week's Sportsbeat Extra. This week we look back in a brilliant international week for Capricorn's finest. To say we're proud of them up this way is an understatement. The rise, everyone could see it coming, but we didn't think he'd... Uh make the impression he made especially against Wales the other day We hear from the tip camp as the minor hurling championship gets to go ahead this weekend As regards my optimism I won't lie to you I don't really know you're taking every day as it comes you're reading the news and the cases are going up you're hoping it won't affect the inter-county scene And also back this week is the Little Woods Ireland Camogie Championships providing the first senior action of the year chatting to us ahead of this afternoon's game against Kilkenny was water for captain Niamh Rocket she spoke first about the disappointment of the club championships postponement Sports Beat Extra. Beat 102-103. A lot of our girls are from Galtier on our on our county yeah. Camogie team. I think there's a total of maybe ten of them. Well, probably eight of them. And then there's two more girls from Dungarvan who would have been in the intermediate as well. Yeah. Uh, semi-finals would have been or finals which would have been on last week. Um so uh, it is very, very disheartening for them. I suppose Galtier haven't won the All Ireland last year as well in intermediate level and then we're progressing through the ranks in the in the Munster Munster Championship, so um, it is very very tough on them. But I suppose that um, the way things are gone now at the moment, um, it's we're just so glad to have some sort of senior inter county championship. And I suppose uh, a couple of teams did uh, celebrate it too much after their county finals, and uh, it kind of they'd get a slap on the wrist for everyone on the yeah. On and the I suppose teams, yeah. Uh, like you know speaking of Dungarvan and I suppose everything that happened up there like is it I asked you the same question from we didn't see those sort of scenes from any of the female teams it's you know I, or if they, we did it wasn't certainly wasn't posted all over social media for everyone to see um, Is does it feel like you're kind of being punished for the boys not being able to, to kind of behave themselves I know, like, I, I think myself anyway that, like, uh, you win a county final in whatever grade it is, whether it's male or females or whatever whatever the case is, that you have a right to celebrate it, celebrate it. And some club teams hadn't won in years or some club teams had won the year previous and were able to celebrate it as much as they would have before. So I, do, I don't really think that it's the fact it was the men's game versus the women's game. I do think that... Um, where possible we have to try kind of support each other and I think that we should be uni- really unanimous in it that if if the men we are trying to strive to be more like the men's game I suppose with ladies football and camogie and everything that's going on at the moment and um, I'm, they're no by no means a finished outfit now yeah. but they're progressing a lot more and they have a lot more better structures in place than what we do and it was unlucky for the teams but you can't really I think with COVID and everything that's going on you can't really blame them too much with they were just celebrating they kind of finding they were celebrating they hadn't won it and you know it was it's it's the circumstances we're in you have to be responsible the way you're doing it um, and I think that they just probably just got a little bit carried away themselves but Speaking from that point of view going back into county training um, for the first time was it a kind of a strange feeling kind of was there kind of hesitancy in the first couple of 
weeks where you, you know, because I know when I went back training, I was kind of conscious of COVID a lot more than I ever would have been. Were you when you went back training for the first time at Intercounty? Yeah, I would have been, I suppose. Yeah, um, I think uh, there's a lot more procedures and there's a lot more structures in place again that um, you had to kind of abide by and adhere to. Like, you know, when you're kind of, you're putting a lot of trust into your teammates that they're not going to... Um, be doing anything that they shouldn't do either and if I'm going to go train with them or sit beside them in a dressing room or uh, share a lift to them that you'd be hoping that they'd be responsible and that they can be mature about the, the whole situation because I suppose when you're playing uh, inter-county we've seen it with clubs as well like if there's one diagnosis or if there's one test in a club like that's kind of your chance kind of gone you know and I'd, I'm not certain on the rule of it this year but I do think in if it's inter-county if it's inter-county anyway in Camogie and if a team um, can't facilitate, can't play for COVID. I think they have to forfeit the game. So it's only going to be the players that are going to lose out on it. Really, like yeah. And know. I suppose the schedule is so tight. I was talking to Stephen Barry, the Irish Examiner, last week, and he was saying, you know, there's just such little room on both in all in all three major organisations across the GAA, ladies football, and Camogie. Like there's just such little wiggle room for for fixtures that you're under for so much pressure to make sure that those games go ahead. Yeah, we're under serious pressure to make make sure that they go ahead. But like, I suppose given the circumstances now, like if there's, we've got people that are frontline workers, we've got mm. teachers, we've got loads of different occupations, different people that have to go to work for one reason or another. So, like, if as long as they're doing their best to try to be as safe and as clear from it as they can, you can't really ask any more of the, of the girls. And when you're going training that, I suppose we have masks on and that we're filling in our health forms before every training session and that you're being honest and open on them. And that uh, you have the respect to the other players then that if you do suspect something or if you do think that uh, you might not feel the best that you just have to kind of take a bit of a step back and just let the other girls know. How ambitious or how hopeful are you that the championship will actually come to a conclusion with everything that's going on at the moment? It's so unknown whether we're going to go into four or five or what's going to happen. Yeah, look, I think that I, I suppose uh, this year amongst all years, I remember seeing... Um, Elaine Buckley put out uh, the video with there was the Sunday game and uh, the boys of summer on it and you're nearly getting emotion looking at it because there was no sport on we didn't know what was coming and uh, I think it was one of the I think it was the the intro to the Sunday game or something like that and uh, you didn't know what was coming you didn't know what what was around the corner and I think we're so glad that we got sports back into our be able to play sports or that we're able to watch some sports and I think they're such a huge part of everyone's life in Ireland anyway and I think that um you just missed it so much when you were away from it and that you couldn't get to see it or that your parents or your family couldn't go to see your games and that's tough on people as well but I do think that um, it really brought to light and players coming back this year that hadn't maybe played previous years you know because they weren't going away or they weren't going on the J1s or whatever the case was uh, it kind of brought the whole sense of community and the whole sense of club scene back together so I do really hope that the championship goes ahead I think that it's been a long, I think we only started training probably nearly this time last year and there's been a long breaks and there's been different things that have put in our way but I do, I'm hopeful that it will go ahead. I think that, um, especially in the intercounty scene anyway, that it's, um, there's no room for error anyway and there's so many people involved and so many people that I suppose making sure that everything is done to the best of their ability and that there's no stone unturned and that whether you have to get two or three buses to a match or that you can't use the dressing room or whatever the case is just to be as safe as possible that uh, I hope I think that every other inter-county team is doing the best they can at the moment and I think GA are trying their best to facilitate it and try to make sure that it goes ahead I think that people in Ireland are mad to see it anyway and mad to see 
the clash of even senior hurling or senior camogie or whatever it is. Um, I know our game has been streamed on Saturday and a couple of more games have been streamed. I think that uh, I do hope that there's a lot more support in the camogie at the moment because um, I think that people are just so eager to watch games and to yeah, and that's go the thing. And, 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 and it's, you know? a, there's no guarantee though that all of the the best players will be involved in this year's championship. Um, there's a five or six to Cork panel, I think, to dual players talking about potentially taking strike action. Um, tell, tell me about your reaction when you heard that, you know, there was such an overwhelming majority of the delegates at the Congress voted against um, that rule to kind of enable dual players to be able to play both codes at inter-county level. Look, uh, it's... I think it's just very, very frustrating on the players. Like, I know one of our, our own uh, dual player last year, Cueva McGrath, she played football and camogie, and there was times that she had to choose between either or playing a game as, as well. I know year in, year out, it happens with Cork ladies football and the camogie. Um, I think the two organisations really need to have a look at themselves and the the um, the player welfare. And, like, you're actually being punished for representing your county in both codes that you're good enough to represent your county in both codes and you're actually being punished for it I think it's just but ridiculous it, this is this is what I and I, a lot of the reaction that I saw online this is what I don't understand like surely the delegates that are present in the room are like voting for the what is the betterment of, of the game as a whole in both codes um, it's very strange then to see them kind of turn against their own players and vote against their own players so overwhelming was it 85% I think yeah. of the delegates voted against it yeah kind of blindly in the face of what their players wanted so was there any explanation given uh, to the players or like or do you know from, from why that decision was made from the delegates to vote so overwhelmingly against it well uh, I know the women's GPA um, the, Gemma Begley has tirelessly did work trying to uh, better standards for all female athletes across the country and when we did a women's GPA survey that we actually voted overwhelmingly in favour for mm. to respect to dual player. I think yeah. it was 96-4 or something like that. And then it goes out to uh, county board level or and then on to national level and then it's just completely going against it. And I do think that, I think there's something, some sort of procedures that it goes to your county board and your county board have to put motions forward and then there's no players involved. There's no current players mm. or ex-players actually involved with the Commodity Association with ladies football. Do you know, and I think if they got actually players or give players a voice and left them say, why well, I think we need to do this or we need to do that. It's kind of people that I don't really know that that haven't been involved in the game, I suppose, in the in the last couple of years or whatever the case. Yeah. Is. And it seems to me and a lot of the calls that I've been hearing is, as you say, like a, 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 not an entire reform of the Camogie Association, but certainly a much bigger share for the players to voice what they're dealing with because they, essentially you're the guns that are guarding the game at the moment you're the ones that are going to be taking it on for the next generation so yeah look I think that like I don't I don't really know what what conversations have been had at national level I don't know is it one party opposing another party I know is are some is the Camogie open to conversations is it the ladies football that are open to conversations and who's kind of hindering it from progressing forward I'm not really sure but I do think that it's just they, I think the ladies get such bad press all the time and it's always something controversial that comes out with ladies teams and it's never anything kind of that's good or positive and then it's just frustrating then for the players and you're kind of like you're in the papers for something negative again mm. and like it's just kind of really degrades and just makes it like how could you actually expect some people to tune into our matches on Saturday or, or Sunday or whatever the case is and they're like should their own associations won't even respect their players yeah. Do you know like this is what you're kind of it's kind of really demoralising I think to be honest with you and uh, 
um, I know like you talk to you talk to lots of people and everyone is nearly on the same boat and people like in your own county involved in your own county boards involved in your own coaching and they are saying yeah we want it we want it we want dual players and then at that national level it's just squashed like that yeah. like Tracking sport across the southeast. Also starting this weekend is the All-Ireland Minor Hurling Championships and Tipperary set to face Kerry at the Gaelic Grounds tomorrow afternoon. I spoke to manager Paul Collins about finally getting back to championship action. Yeah, there is a massive relief. Like, we say from the period of March to June, we would have been engaging with them and I suppose as much as we could remotely, even just on I suppose, a mental side or keeping their spirits up. And, uh, I suppose with players that age, they're hanging on everything that social media says really whether it be on Twitter or any social media outlet and they're looking for some good news and it wasn't obviously looking good at all in the early months but look I, I think now it's 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 a real boost to them and even up to last Monday when things were looking at maybe a bit on the on the, the bad side again they were again obviously very worried but a massive boost to have everything confirmed last week and as I said to you we're really looking forward to Sunday Looking forward to the challenge. Looking forward to getting a chance to perform. We've trained very hard. We're back quite a while now. If you go back to well, the the autumn of last year, the winter of last year, and then going into the into the early months of 2020, it seems like an eternity, really. But look, it's just it's it's great to be within a few days of the championship, and especially for the for the young players. Yeah, and I suppose young players is kind of the the interesting fact there. You know, when you talk about adults, I suppose there is a sense of understanding a little bit more the disappointment and kind of understanding the decision process a little bit more. How difficult is it to kind of motivate players and keep players going that are that age when they're, as you say, they're so open to what's being said on social media, they have school going on and all that uncertainty, a few of them facing into obviously leaving cert now with, with a lot of that going on. So um, how hard was how, how it to keep the lads kind of focused and, and keep morale up in the team yeah I, to be honest it hasn't been that hard because there, we have a very a very good motivated group um, all of our panel really uh, I suppose six months on again as you said some of them are on a year further they're in maybe even third year and everything else so they have more going on outside of the of the hurling field but look they are a very motivated bunch they're determined no matter what to get on the field and I suppose get a chance to put all the training and everything else, all the preparation we have into into play on the championship field. And they are extremely motivated. They're a great group. It doesn't promise you that you'll get the results at the end of the day, but it gives you a great chance. And look, we have done an awful lot of work, work with the lads, uh, but we've got a fantastic response. They're a fantastic group. Every single guy that we have inside with us, you couldn't ask for any more, really. And they're a credit to themselves, their clubs, their parents. They're a really mature group for their age and Hopefully it'll bear fruit for them and hopefully the rewards it deserves. Absolutely. And a, a nice bunch in terms of the, the coaching group as well, kind of across a number of clubs. I suppose the, the name that naturally enough sticks out there is one of the selectors and coaches, Shane McGrath, of course, uh, former All Ireland winner. Um, how how important is it to have kind of a, a fellow like that around the group, uh, young players like that? Because, you know, young players, like you look at there now, uh, those players are now, what, 16, 17, and this time 10 years ago, they would have been idolising a fellow like Shane, kind of winning the All Ireland for tips so um, how much of an impact does that have in terms of keeping that motivation and, and kind of giving that guys a, a really good role model to aspire to yeah I think that that's, that's the world really role model um, Shane even with his profession has a, has a really good way with young players mm. um, and he just straight away interacts with them very well and 
it is it is great that he can bring the experience he had in the playing field back to younger players and give it back to the county. He's only glad to do it himself. And I know Shane myself personally a long, long time, going back to our underage days and college days. And a fantastic guy, as are all my management team. But look, to answer your question, yeah, look, it's great to have someone like Shane with the experience he brings from the playing field. And even to relay back some of the experiences he had himself whether it be dealing with a big day or some of the stuff that he's come across on the field. And as you said, them young lads were only 9 and 10 when Seamus went in all earned the tips. So, yes, idle would be a probably an appropriate word for a lot of them. Right you, you've carried on on Sunday. Um, am I being unfair telling you that, you know, that that's an easy draw for you or would be seen as the easy draw monster or am I completely way out by, by, by labelling them that? It's up to everybody else to weigh up in any sport who's favourite for this or who's the strongest team or easy draws I am being totally honest in saying this we had such a gap period of six months that no matter who we drew whether it was Cork, Clare Waterford, Kerry um, Limerick it didn't really matter because we had to be right ourselves and there was so much work to get the lads back to speed after the club the club hurling and after the gap they had and to get them focused I'm sure Kerry have prepared brilliantly themselves um, we're just hoping that we can get as good a performance as we can get on Sunday do ourselves justice and hopefully the performance will get it into the semi-final against against Waterford I suppose I, I had uh, Niamh Rocket on earlier on the show the, the Waterford Camogie captain and I, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked her how hopeful are you that, that you will get this championship done and dusted um, the, the deadlines are very very tight um, any kind of potential of Covid in squads can kind of ruin your chances so um, how much more how much more pressure does it put on in, in you guys in terms of players away from the pitch and, and how they interact with other people and also uh, how hopeful are you that the championship will get done um, well I suppose firstly there is extra factors that both players and management have to take into consideration that you'd never think you would as a player or a, or a part of management team for players I suppose you have to be extremely careful what social contacts they're keeping outside of like they have to get their education that's the most important part of all this outside of hurling they they come to the field with us two three nights a week and they have to be careful that they reconfirm their health status that they wear on their masks on their their transport and inside when they're having their meals and anything else, and um, I suppose really for ourselves it's it's a similar it's a similar um, similar feat to trying to make sure that you're as careful as you can outside of the pitch. As regards my optimism, I won't lie to you. I don't really know. You're taking every day as it comes. You're reading the news and the cases are going up. You're hoping it won't affect the inter county scene. And I suppose that no news is good news in some ways. You'd hope that maybe they'd be trying to keep sport for, for it was number one, the players, that they get their chance to play. And maybe the public would have something to watch over the winter months. But look, it, it is, a, it is a, I suppose, a change in the situation every day. And one phone call could change the whole thing. We were very lucky. We've had no case in our setup at the moment. Um, it could come at any stage, whether we relate to school or anything else. But... We're doing everything we can to make sure that we don't. We have a very good COVID officer with us and he's doing everything he can to make sure that things are done right. But I suppose it doesn't always, doesn't always promise you that it's going to be COVID-free. But look, I hope he's got a... Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. 
an interesting week for Ireland's senior team. Um, no goals, sadly, um, under Stephen Kenny yet, but uh, uh, some some definitely bright sparks in terms of their play. Um, one of the brightest sparks from a southeast point of view was uh, Jason Malumbi, um, you know, playing so well, got a picked up man of the match against Wales, of course, and then went on and kept his position for the game against Finland. Uh, I'm joined on the line by his uncle and former coach Martin Reddy of uh, Railway Athletic down in uh, Jason's native Capaquin. Um, Martin, I suppose, look, personally and from a club point of view, it must have been such a brilliant week, despite the fact that Ireland didn't get you know that kind of crucial win, to see Jason out there and, and, and really performing at that level and, and being more than capable of mixing it with the big boys. Yeah, look, it's been a fantastic um, rollercoaster ride for him, really, you know. Um, to say we're proud of him up this way is an understatement. Um, I suppose since he broke into the Irish scene at under 15, <clears throat> up to making his debut um, a couple of weeks ago, he had played nearly 45 games under age for from 15s up to 21s, um, scored five goals. So I suppose the rise, everyone could see it coming, but we didn't think he'd uh, make the impression he made, especially against Wales the other day. Yeah, that Wales game was unbelievable, wasn't it? And it, like, it must have been amazing from you know a small club down in in Capaquin playing in the in the West Waterford League. I know in the Waterford Schoolboys League as well. Um, to one of your you know one of your kind of one of your boys out there and and bossing the game on an international level at the Aviva. Yeah, it's hard to believe it, really. You know, yeah. um, like Jason growing up playing with uh, Real Athletic up here, we would never have been played in high leagues. Um, we would have always been in C and D leagues because we hadn't the strongest um, squad of players ever. But I think Jason, when he came on, you could see from a very young age that he was something special, you know. And he always wanted to push, push, push. And like I think you see in the Wales game there, like his determination, his drive was unreal, and he's had that since he was four or five years of age. I suppose. Have you seen that all the way up? Like, um, what what do you see in him now as a you know, a fully fledged senior pro that you would have seen back in the day when he was first starting out with Railway. Um, I think his drive, he's um, unbelievably committed. Like, uh, if if you're winning by ten goals, you get the same out of Jason as you would if you were losing by ten goals. He absolutely never gives up. His work rate, his encouragement for the people around him is just phenomenal. Absolutely, and I suppose look, I, look. I mean, Ireland obviously no goals this week, but the chances are, you know, five, two or three times what we were creating in previous games. We're just not able to put them away. So, um, I think you know anybody who's who's following Stephen long enough and and following Irish football generally knows that managers need to be given time. I mean, look at even Michael O'Neill up in Northern Ireland took him a while to get going. I think it was eleven games before he got his first win, and then they qualified for major tournaments. So it's definitely a case in my mind anyway. Of, of we need to kind of stick with Stephen and, and give him patience because there there is something there like the, the pass completion was one of the highest among the teams in the the recent qualifiers and our shots on goal are, are much higher than they were under previous uh, under um, Martin O'Neill so you know it, it, there are definitely signs of, of of positivity there despite the fact that we just couldn't hit the net. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I think was it twelve or thirteen shots to head um, against Wales. Um, I, there might be too many on target, like, but we're creating. You know, they're getting into the the last third of the, of the pitch, and they're creating chances. And you have to stick with it, like you know. And as you said there about um, Michael O'Neill in the north, I, I Steve Clark in Scotland is the same way. Like he lost mm. his first six games, and they've recently gone eight games unbeaten now. So you have to stick with it, like, and you can see 
the philosophy that Stephen is trying to bring to it. And everyone knows the way he's trying to play. So we just have to give him time. Like, he hasn't had a huge amount of time with them, lads. You know, they're called into a camp and he might have two or three days training as that. But it takes time. Like, a club, a club manager is a different story. He's with the players every day. But at international level, it's a totally different story. You only get a couple of days every now, every couple of months. Like. Martin, from your own perspective, down in Railway, um, you were saying, obviously, you guys are playing kind of in the C and D leagues uh, down there. But it just, it just goes to show you that there's kind of talent everywhere, isn't there? That it's not just to be found in, you know, among the, the kind of so-called bigger clubs, that, that there, there's talent to be found and that, you know, you, there's, it's well worth um, getting involved with a club no matter what level they're at. Oh, 100%, yeah. And there's, you know, there's very, very talented kids out there, you know. Um, and the only thing is, you know, they need to get a break. They just need someone to spot them or need to get into a Kennedy Cup squad or whatever the case may be, whatever team it may be to get to a Kennedy Cup. Like, once you're up there, you're going to be spotted, you know. And I think one of the great things that they've done down around these, well, all over and but down the southeast, they have the Emerging Talent Program, mm. the ETP, and that has given young lads a huge uh, stepping stone. Um, Martin, I, I suppose tell us how how are things down in railway at the moment. Obviously, Jason's flying, but um, like I know you guys managed to get a few games under your belt before we went under kind of restrictions. But I suppose it's it's kind of quiet now at the moment. What what's going on at the club, kind of on and off the field, and what can we look forward to from hearing uh, from you guys down in Capaquin coming going forward in the future? Yeah, look, the future up here seems to be very good at the moment. Um, in twenty eighteen. We were all almost folded as a club we were due to lack of help. You know, a lot of people would be saying that they would have been involved in the club, like, but there was very few people uh, willing to help out. And our neighbours here, a Kappa Queen, had the same problem. So we came together over the course of, I suppose, a year and a half. And we spoke about joining up the clubs and this, that, the other. And we eventually sat down and we got it done. So in 2018, we became a new club up here where Kappa Queen Railway now. And we have teams playing the West Waffles Cork League and the Waffles Schoolboy League. Um, and the, the only reason it really had to be done was lack of help. Uh, we've loads of young lads wanting to play football, but we've no one to look after. So we joined up clubs. We joined up clubs, and we have uh, teams from every age, from six up to adults. And we have plenty of help, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's going from strength to strength. This is Sportsbeat Extra. That's all from this week's Sportsbeat Extra. You can listen back to this and every other episode by visiting beat102103.com forward slash podcast. But up next is Trish with Beat Anthems.